beer scene in Oklahoma continuously grows every month, it seems. We have several brokers and wholesalers bringing in new clients constantly. Over the past couple years, we've seen Founders, Green Flash, Lagunitas, Evil Twin, and now Lazy Magnolia out of Mississippi joining the portfolio of American craft products. Now, I've taken a look at the local culture of craft beer in Oklahoma, and with this new OK, OK Plus series, I want to focus on brands that want to grow and flourish in Oklahoma that are not necessarily American craft. I first learned of Sublime Imports from Michael Kaiser's Good Beer Hunting podcast, where his guest, Austin Clark, spoke of their imports available from Spain and Israel. As I listened further, trying to soak up Michael's interview techniques and fulfill my beer geek needs, I learned Sublime has a tie to Oklahoma. And they joke briefly about how one does not simply come to Oklahoma and bypass major metropolitan cities that could support your brands. But Sublime has a natural tie to Oklahoma, as Austin's partner Michael has roots here. They are bringing in unique offerings that you'd most likely never look for on the shelf. One is brewed with rosemary honey, another with Mediterranean seawater. Yet as wild as some American craft beers have become lately, what makes these beers from Spain so different and less appealing? And we'll find out soon how Austin and Michael came to Oklahoma market and what challenges they face with our archaic laws. So Austin, welcome, and thanks for joining me. Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you for the intro. Appreciate it. Not a problem. So yeah, um, you know, like I said, we've, I've kind of learned from you uh, from Michael's uh, podcast, and it was kind of funny just to hear, you know, Oklahoma get a couple minutes mention of uh, <laughs> airtime, you know, and and, the, and joking around that, yeah, we don't really get a lot, you know, and as I said in the intro there, you know, a lot of people are, are shocked that we haven't had a lot of these, um, you know, American craft beers in, in our state. You know, uh, we just don't get a heavy distribution, so, um, you know, it's kind of nice to see that someone, even though there are some unique beers you might never see, uh, but you guys are here and, and, and doing quite well, so, you know. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, with at least with Oklahoma, um, well, no, not not with Oklahoma. I think that's actually kind of uh, a thing in the throughout the U.S. is um, there are so many great breweries that end up staying local that end up staying only in one region because it doesn't make sense they can't whether it's production or um, just or or the desire just not to spread themselves too thin or whatever it is you know there's a lot of stuff that is produced on you know the the west coast or in the pacific northwest you know in the pacific northwest specifically east coast in the in the midwest in the south or what have you that just don't leave those regions and so you, if you as you travel around the country you'll actually get that comment, oh man, you haven't, have you guys ever tried, oh no, no, we don't get that, what, you don't get that out here? You know, you get that kind of, that conversation happens uh, often, and it's always kind of, I'm all, I, was, I used to be surprised by that, but not so much anymore. Um, you know, but that, that's the thing, Oklahoma does happen to have a really, uh, although it is small, uh, the craft beer selection out there is really good. There's a lot of good stuff that comes into the into the state aside and of course uh, you guys are well represented uh or thought of nationwide i suppose with uh groups like prairie and what have you so um you know that's a you know that's a uh, oklahoma's doesn't get too short end of the stick that's for sure and we're we're really but we are really glad yeah. at the same time to be out there because like you mentioned mm -hmm. um yeah, there isn't a whole lot out there, but that and that means that there's more room and interest for groups like us when we come in with our weird Spanish and Israeli craft. Uh, there is certainly there's more uh, room per se mm -hmm. in people's uh, 
you know, craft beer lexicons and in their refrigerators and, and their eh, what have you. So. Yeah, you know, it's thinking, you know, when I go look in my liquor store close to my house um, that I've gone to quite frequently, you know, they have stuff in, in the American craft beer spread out and then the certain regions. You don't necessarily look, you know, you think those are, obviously those beers are indigenous to those regions, however, you don't associate the word craft to them, but that's not necessarily true. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, like, what do you mean, like, what brands are you? Well, I mean, you know, you have your, um... I guess maybe I'm thinking mostly like Belgian or, um, you know... Um, oh, sure, like Chimay's, uh, the Chimay's of the world and whatever? Yeah, you know, your classic Belgian styles and, and your, your classic beers from there. Um, and, and obviously they are, you know, still done on a large scale. They're still, you know, kind of... Uh, I, I think people don't see that these are beers that are indigenous to the region that are, you know, made... In small batches, that, you know, and, and still have it holds true to that craft name. They just kind of, you know, attach the word import. And around here, import doesn't get the best name because they'll call Shinerbach an import. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, really? Oh, well, I was thinking more like yeah, like Dos Equis or you oh. know, like that's that's that too. Stuff. Yeah, you go to a Chili's and that's one of their imports. You right. know, and it's I can see I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, we are true. You know, beers like ours are not only imports, but they are absolutely just the most micro of imports uh, mm -hmm. for the most part. Our, our, the breweries that we're dealing with are, are tiny barrel systems, you know, like they're, you know, they're very, very small. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I would encourage people to kind of listen to the episode with Michael on uh, Good Beer Hunting Podcast. You know, they'll get a little bit more of your background. Um uh, which is very eclectic, and you've only been doing this for a few years now. Is that is that true? Yeah, about three years, I think, is where we're at. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you guys already sound like you know what you're doing, and you know, have a pretty good head on your shoulders. I mean, is that uh, is there an advantage to being in Texas and and uh, that area with a lot of good established people around you? And um, how's that work on a daily basis with uh, uh, being in that in that region? Well, uh, you know, being so the thing is that our the company Sublime Imports is based in Dallas because mm -hmm. that's where Mike lived uh, originally. Mike Mike Hammond, Michael Hammond, who is originally from Oklahoma, uh, moved down here many years ago, over uh, just over twenty years ago, and um, you know he used to be in like the tile importing business, mm -hmm. uh, Spanish tile and Italian tile importing business. He still is, but that's taken oh, really? a bit more of a backseat as that. Mm -hmm company has flourished or what have you and uh, he he wanted to try out something else for a bit and uh, beer seemed like a fun kind of thing to do and he had he had discovered this beer called La Socorada and started importing it but uh, being in Dallas just was where he happened to be located and where I happened to be located uh, and so um, we actually don't warehouse our beer here in Texas. All of our beer is brought into the United States via the port in New Jersey. And so all of our beer is actually warehouse. I don't even keep um, more than a handful of samples around. You know, like I, I have very, very little beer that I can physically put my hands on uh, at my office here in the, you know, it's just like yeah. stuff. I, it's like a handful of bottles that I have, right? And so... Um, the benefit to us being down here, I really don't. Uh, it, it puts us pretty far away, you know. Like yeah. we, we, I don't, I don't even. 
I, I don't know that I'd necessarily call it a hindrance, now, but it, it does, it puts us away from where we actually bring the beer in, too. Um, but, yeah, and, that, and, you know, just because you're based here doesn't really mean that, um, you know, like, I'm still bringing in Spanish beer and Israeli beer, and I'm, so I don't get the benefit of saying, oh, you know, like, oh, but I'm a Dallas-based importer. You know, I might say that, but it doesn't necessarily mean much because I'm still representing foreign products. So, um, yeah, and even if I was based in New Jersey and bringing beer into the country, it would still, it'd be the same story, I, I have a feeling. So, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I guess that's something you don't necessarily um, take into consideration. You know, yeah, you can bring, some, you can just be based, I guess, pretty much anywhere. I wouldn't necessarily think that, you know, you would think you'd, like you said, you don't have like a full warehouse of, you know, products around surrounding you where you can go out and give out free samples and try and entice clientele and right we have to rely much more heavily on our distributor partnerships uh, for that kind of stuff especially you know and specifically in even or even in dallas we have to rely uh, much more heavily on our um on our distributor partner uh than you might think so. now how long um how long ago did you guys come into oklahoma Ooh, Oklahoma? Um, you know, I'm not entirely certain. It's been, I want to say it's over a year, maybe a year and a half. It might be a little longer than that. Okay. Let's see, maybe, I don't know, August 2013 or so is probably, so maybe a little bit of time. Okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know I've seen that, like... Maybe, you know, maybe closer to January. It might be, like... Oh, that's okay. <laughs> January 2014, you know, like, okay. somewhere around there. Um, but anyhow, yeah, just uh, just a little bit. Um, okay. Let's see, I'm looking back. Uh, I'm actually looking back right now. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, late 2010 or 2014, I want to say. Cool, okay. So, fairly recent. So, I, I was going to say, I've, I've kind of seen... And I don't know if it's been here, but maybe other places... Um, or other states that, like the Alexander Green Israeli IPA, have gotten in front of me. Like that, that turtle, that flying sea turtle, is pretty iconic. I think. Um. <laughs> yeah, we like it. They're they're a great brand. We actually yeah. uh, sent a little bit uh, more, uh, quite a bit more of that Oklahoma's way very recently. Uh, Alexander is a very cool Israeli brand. It's actually the second of the two Israeli brands that we bring in. Mm -hmm. First one being Malka, M A L K A. Uh, means queen in Hebrew. We brought, we started to bring in Malka, and we have all three styles uh, available in Oklahoma, as well as now Alexander, of which we have three styles available. The IPA that you're talking about is really great. It's a New Zealand-based hop. It's called uh, Nelson Sauvin. That uh, it's very tropical fruity, and uh, there's this kind of sourdough bread crust kind of back malt backbone to it. It's a it's a great beer. And uh, we yeah, we just sent in a, a nice shipment to Oklahoma, do a little promotion, I suppose, and selling there. And uh, we have a couple other styles from them, uh, an Alexander Ambra, Ombre, which is a beer de garde, like a French style, French country style beer de garde. And then there's a robust porter uh, that we also sell from them, which is fantastic mm. and won some serious awards in the beer world. So it sounds like you're, uh, you're enjoying one, right? Yeah, so you're talking about this, Alexander. You had me at Nelson Hops, or Nelson Sauvin Hops. So. <laughs> sure, sure. 
Yeah, no, it's a phenomenal beer. Like I said, that, those Nelson hops are very distinctive. You can, like, if a beer is, especially if a beer is exclusively hopped with them, you can, it's it's very distinguishable. It, they come mm -hmm. off, like, papaya and guava, mango, uh, maybe even a little pineapple-y, but lots of tropical fruit notes. And then, Definitely. like I said, there's this really nice malt backbone that I always care, that I've characterized for a while is kind of like sourdough bread crust-ish, uh, mm. uh, this kind of nice, bready tone that's just, just tremendous. Uh, it's very, very well-balanced, um, just a, a great beer overall. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you're hitting it on every characteristic you mentioned, you know, especially that sourdough crust. Um, but it's well-balanced, and that's what you look for, mostly for an IPA, and I don't think many people probably realize that, you know, looking at the bottle alone, that you would have something like this come out of it, you know, kind of get out of your comfort zone, try yeah, something it's not a, It's not a punch you in the face with, bit, with IBU, with bitterness mm -hmm. kind of beer you know it's only 57 or so ibu uh, which is only moderate if on the very low end of the high side of ibu uh and especially but not to the american palate certainly americans uh have a you know a very we have a i don't know what you want to call it we're we're very we're we're very in tune and very uh i don't know we have a high tolerance there you go a high tolerance <laughs> for uh for bitterness and uh, and even uh, high yeah we love when to the point where we enjoy it at really really high high levels sometimes but this is only a it's a six percent beer 57 IBU so uh, it's very well balanced you know mm -hmm. we find that uh you know uh, I think especially with IPAs you know it can IPAs can be a great mark of a, a a nice mark of a great brewer if you can really balance hops to malt presence and uh, make it you know, so it's not burning your face off, and uh, <laughs> but something that's really enjoyable and easy to drink, but at the same time have a lot of that hop profile. Um, you you know, it really shows off your care and uh, you know the effort that you put in, the quality of your ingredients that you put into the beer. Um, really, really, this one's really nice, though. You know, they won the 2011 gold medal. Uh, at the there's an international beer festival called the Bira International uh, Beer Competition in Tel Aviv, and they won the 2011 gold medal uh, at this at that competition for it. Excellent. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. yeah, they really knocked it out, and yeah, they do they do a great job. It's available all over the I'm, I'm not all over the place, but it's <laughs> available certainly in Oklahoma City and uh, and in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. you can get it for uh, single bottles. You'll look for it, and they don't sell them in packs, unfortunately. Right. It's uh, 24 single bottles to a case, so mm -hmm. you do have to buy it a uh, single bottle, but well worth just a uh, well worth a taste for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think this is something you should try. To you want to try something out of your comfort zone, you want to try something a little bit different. Um, but again, you know, I think this could measure up to most, you know, American craft IPAs that are, you know, almost a, you know, they kind of coining a term the Midwest IPA that's yeah, you know, overly, you know, hopped like a West Coast or you know, not overly malty but you know, well balanced. Right. It's not an English IPA and it's not mm -hmm. a West Coast Amer uh, like a, that American like I like to say punchy in the face kind of IPA. Right. You know, it's uh, it's certainly right in the middle. And yeah, it's really solid beer. It's a New Zealand IPA, as it were, or Israeli, better yet, yeah. being from Israel. So. <laughs> Very cool. 
So, um, yeah, so that's a good segue into, um, you know, getting into your brands. Um, you know, like I said, I've got the La Socorada and the Herbo Caron. Um, you know, just talking about La Socorada, uh, with, I'm a big fan of rosemary and then the fact that it's got rosemary honey just blew me away. I mean, I'm a pretty big rosemary fan. My wife hates it, so I'm like, oh, God, I get to have this beer to myself. <laughs> It's a it's a polarizing herb for certain. Uh, it's sure. like it's like uh, I think cilantro is just as polarizing, if not more. Mm. But um, rosemary is a really polarizing herb, so you're either gonna love it or hate it. Uh, <laughs> but now we I mean we should say that so we do the Israeli stuff, which uh, includes Alexander and Malka, and those are both uh, available out there. And now we're switching over the discussion to Spain. Yes, uh, yes. La Socorrada is a um, is a beer from the Valencia region of Spain, uh, from a little town called Shativa, spelled with an X, and at the beginning. Nice. But uh, the brewery itself is called Premium Beers from Spain, and anybody listening along who wants to go to our website at sublimeimports.com, you can you know go into the beer section and go and look at any one of these beers, and uh, there's some good info on there. But uh, so this brewery, uh, the, the brewery that brews La Socorrada, or La Socorrada, whatever uh, yeah, it's called premium beers from spain okay and uh it's brewed like you said with rosemary fresh rosemary and rosemary honey which is a it's a great it's a great product rosemary honey is uh there's a term melda in in shativa is uh there's this term melda ramar which means literally melda ramar means literally uh rosemary honey and it's okay. actually a term of accolade that they use where hmm. they uh they say, oh, Melder Amar, it's like, a, it, it means top of the line or the best of the best. Yeah. And so you, when something is really good, you say, oh, that's like Melder Amar. But of course you say it in Spanish. And, um, and, and it means, oh, man, that's like that's the top of the line. Oh, that's the best. You know, it's like rosemary honey. Uh, and it's because out there, rosemary is really prevalent. It's grown, it grows all over the place. Really? Naturally, and so much so that the bees uh, choose to go and get their pollen from the rosemary plants on their own, from the flowers that are on the rosemary uh, herbs, and they make their honey out of this pollen, and naturally, the honey ends up having this hint of rosemary to it on its own. There's no, it's not a, it's a monofloral honey that occurs uh, without any sort of, you can't really tell bees where to get their pollen, and so it, it occurs on its own. Very cool. So they they wanted to use, uh, you know, La Socorada is premium beers from Spain's first beer. They wanted to use products that represented uh, their region of Spain, their region of the world, and uh, honey and rose rosemary honey and uh, and rosemary in general. They felt was a, an excellent one of the things that they wanted to include, and they made this lovely golden ale. Um, that uh, brewed with the rosemary and the rosemary honey and really wanted to make it so, uh, you know, that it would pair well with foods, especially, you know, a Spanish cuisine, you know, all sorts of various tapas, you know, uh, pork and paellas and gumbos, roasted lambs, uh, uh, wild, you know, all sorts of spiced poultry and seafood, yeah. you know, pachego and pecorino cheeses, um, Really, uh, and they really knocked it out of the park. Uh, you'll, uh, you know, if you're, if you have um, on the label, you might. Uh, I think it, you have a one of the white labels. Is it a white and gold label? It is. 
Okay, cool. So at the bottom of the front, at the front of the label, there's a term called gastro ale that says gastro ale on it. Yeah, I was curious about that. Yeah, that's, um, I don't know that how much, uh, it's a term that we use, uh, that the brewery uses to describe their beers, uh, or Bocaron is in the same boat, mm-hmm. but we'll get to Bocaron in a minute, but gastro ale means food pairing beer, or is meant to mean food pairing beer. That uh. is to say, a beer that is specifically create, brewed specifically to be served and enjoyed with food and as you drink it and smell this beer perhaps you can see that it, it really screams to be paired with a with a nice meal or at least some uh, you know some some nosh you know like just to bite little bites or what have you mm-hmm. yeah yeah i've, um, I've opened ahead. one up here and it's definitely um unique uh i've never had anything like that i'm glad to hear yeah we find that it's a it's a really if not entirely unique, very uh, uncommon kind of uh, in experience when it comes to a beer. Mm. Um, you know, it's just, it's you, you should be able to taste rosemary, the honey, mm-hmm. a little bit of pear, some uh, black pepper, a very distinct bite of ginger. It's got a, you know, it should be, you know, kind of a creamy, off-white, quickly dissipating head. Yep. Uh, very light attenuation, so it's kind of, it's light in body, it's crisp, highly, effort, it's nice and effervescent. And a little bit and dry at the finish despite the honey yeah it is for sure yeah you're explaining those uh, different tastes and nuances it's uh you know every time i drink i get a little bit more of each and you know it's nothing masks the other you know you're definitely getting all those flavors you know even on the smell it's quite a bit of that honey you know that you right. kind of reminiscent of and uh, oh yeah and it's a great aging beer too. This is really? one. Of, this is a beer that, uh, despite its six percent low, it, not low but not high mm-hmm. alcohol content, and having lighter malts, uh, lighter colored malts being a golden ale. Mm-hmm. Um, the so rosemary itself has, um, you know, so like a little beer chemistry. So there's a there's so uh, hops which are used to bitter a beer to make it not too sweet, not over, not cloying. And they're also used because uh, they they get they have a life uh, a life giving effect a preservative effect on beer. Um, the reason that hops have this is uh, the 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 aromas, the flavors, the taste. Uh, it's redundant. Uh, the aromas, the flavors, and the life giving quality are from this uh, oil called lupulin that comes out of hops. And lupulin is made up of uh, among other things alpha and beta acids the alpha acid is for you know provides the aromas and the flavors and the beta acid is aroma lifts and flavorless um but it but it gives this preservative effect on the beer and rosemary rosemary oil has a very similar compound in it and when you and thus when you put rosemary into the beer in addition to the hops that are in it um, in this case, Challenger hops, which are English mm. English in origin, um, you get this life ext- great life extending effect on it. And so, even though the beer might get to even three years old, uh, you can still drink it and still enjoy it. It'll be a very very different beer. You'll lose a lot of carbonation over that time, mm. uh, and it'll become very malty. But that honey will really start to thrive. Will will thrive in a very different way, and it'll be, it'll very much taste. And uh, it, you'll experience it uh, quite differently uh, over the course of that time. But it'll still be a good beer, yeah. surprisingly enough. Even like I said, two maybe three years down the line. So that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna go pick one up after that. Knowing that now, <laughs> um, we we just uh, in our local homebrew club, 
I did some meads the other day, and it's definitely got that consistency of, you know, I, I don't know if they use a heck of a lot of honey, but it's almost to that effect where, you know, meads, you can last quite a while, too, and do a lot of uh, unique Certainly. things with a traditionally a much higher ABV uh, sure. alcohol alcoholic beverage. Mm -hmm. so you're getting up into the nine eights, nines, twelves. Mm. You know, like you'll you see much higher ABV as well, which helps mm -hmm. a great deal. But uh, yeah, there uh, there is a similar component to it. Um, they do use a decent amount of honey. I find that every batch kind of varies a bit. Mm. This is a microbrew, and they. Yeah. You know, and so it's not so much to say that mistakes are made, but this isn't one of those beers that's been brewed for forever, and this is uh, this isn't a brewery that was started by guys that have been people that have been, you know, drinking beer and and want and been brewers and thinking about beer all their lives. They're not, you know, they're not brew chemists as it were. They're learning as they go, and mm -hmm. so when you know they while they're really good at what they do. Um, you know, they have to, they, they're still learning as they go, and so each batch seems to have some variant component, whether it's more, a little more rosemary, a little less rosemary, a little more honey, a little less, and so each each batch has been uh, a slightly different experience for us, which is mm -hmm. both good and you could, you know, it's good and bad in, in its own respect, but overall we still have, we haven't seen a, we don't, we haven't had any bad beer. Yes, yeah. well that's good. Uh, side note, have you guys actually visited any of these places, um, over your years being there? Well, I have not been to, uh, to Spain, uh, in my tenure uh, with Sublime Imports, but Mike, uh, his wife is from Valencia, and he has had a connection to Spain for over 20 years, uh, being in the Spanish tile importing business, yeah. and so he's fluent in Spanish, and he, they actually have family and a home over in Valencia, so they travel there every year as a family, they they spend four or six weeks over there, and so Very he, cool. um, yeah, he certainly, you know, and he'll go over there more than that sometime <laughs> throughout the year. So he he's gets, got that covered. <laughs> definitely, we definitely have a, a connection to it. And yeah. for, and back to the Israeli stuff, you know, I, um, the reason that we do Israel is, you know, I'm, well, I, I'm Jewish. I, uh, I, I went there after college. I, I moved to Jerusalem after college to study uh, in a. And for a year while I was and while I was over there, I discovered Israeli craft beer. And so when I returned to the U.S. Uh, and met Mike, and I started supporting him in his very, you know, I, he started importing and selling La Socorrada mm -hmm. in June 2012. And I met him late August, early September 2012, and began working with him almost immediately and was working full-time with uh, as Sublime Imports. Uh, we were Sublime Imports together by November or so of 2012, and mm -hmm. by January we were talking to Malka, and by the end of the year, by October 2013, that is, um, mm -hmm. we were importing. Malka, wow. and that was the very first Israeli craft beer in the U.S., and Alexander is the second Israeli craft brewery to hit the U.S. We're very proud of that. And now, um, you know, and, you know, and of course, in between that time, we added other Spanish beers, and uh, now we're up to several uh, Spanish beers, mm -hmm. as, a, and, uh, as well as a cider, which you got to try. Good stuff, too. 
Yeah, I heard of uh, the the cidre or uh, how, which one is that called? Yeah, yeah it's called uh, cidre is the word for cider in Spanish. Right. And, uh, there's something called el gobernador that we bring in, okay. which is actually a uh, it's uh, the oldest style of continuously produced cider in the world. Um, hmm. Asturias, Spain, is home to what we think is that what we believe is the oldest continuous tradition. Con that's an important term: continuous tradition of cider in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, and which is a 1,300-year-old continuous tradition, which wow. is very cool. And we bring in one of the oldest types of this uh, this cider, which is a natural still, that is to say, uncarbonated cider mm. um, that is very funky and tart. It has a lot of the same, if you're into sours, if you're into, say, what Prairie is doing in a lot of their beers, those sour aspects and tart, funky aspects, you're going to get that out of this out of this cider that we have. And it's a phenomenal price. It's a wonderful. Uh, it's one of the the best ciders in the world for a uh, and for an excellent, excellent value. The value is what yep. get it is is absolutely outstanding for a for a nice large bottle. Um, you know, you chill it down and you drink it with food. You know, mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of meats and cheeses. Uh, and that that's where I would go with it. That or some sea nice light seafood or something. But just just a tremendous cider that you should absolutely try. Called El Gobernador means the governor it's in a green bottle comes it's corked uh you know it kind of you know it's uh but it it's awesome you really should try that when you get a chance was that in the no i know you were i mean you are uh above and beyond customer service i know you and you give me some list of uh places to actually go and pick them up and earlier on you know you were uh even helped me with uh, the guys that help you you know import the beer here to oklahoma um is that um uh, some of those places you sent me earlier is that a uh, place we can get get those that I can share with uh, everybody else so yeah it looks uh, so that was only for Tulsa I should have okay. done a little more, bit more due diligence oh, and no, no, asked my distributor for Oklahoma City as well but in Tulsa it looks like uh, they gave me a few places that carry a lot of a really large variety and the first, mm -hmm. and the places they suggested were Tulsa Hills Wine Cellar mm -hmm. off of 71st okay. uh, Highway 75, something? Yeah, I don't, that's I don't right. Know. Okay, and then there's Collins Midtown Liquor. Yep, that's liquor. my hometown. Okay, so that's 18, <laughs> off of 18th and Yale. And then there was another one called Warren's, I believe, W-A-R-R-E-N-S, that was off of 81st. So Tulsa Hills Wine Cellar, Collins Midtown, Warren's, those are all good places in Tulsa to hit up. And there's uh, several places, and I'm sorry again to Oklahoma. No, no, no. But uh, no, but no. Oklahoma City, there's some places as well. I'm sure that you can pick up some stuff. So yeah, um, I'll uh, check some of those out and and uh, yeah, I and should say our distributor. Too. Uh, yep. If you want to contact them, it's called Premium. Be uh, it's called Premium. <laughs> um, they are uh, yeah, Premium Brands Wine and Spirits, and they have a great and Premium Brands Wine and Spirits. You can check their website out. And, uh, and con give them a call, and they do, they do a phenomenal job. Uh oh, sounds like he got them. It's pouring over on you. El Bocaron just exploded. Bocaron. Okay. <laughs> that, that shouldn't happen all the time. Just no, no, no. Yeah. I but, I picked him up today too. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. In any case, um, Bocaron is a, is a good. But so Premium Brands Wine and Spirits is our yep. distributor. If you want to know some other great, uh, uh, some other places to buy the beer. Uh, we mentioned a few places in Tulsa, but uh, yeah, we'll get back to the beer with or, or Bocaron. Yeah, um, it's uh, another gastro ale that you're drinking. <laughs> another food pairing beer. It's brewed with Mediterranean seawater, 
uh, actually brewed with purified Mediterranean seawater. Hmm. Uh, it's a it's a real product. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a product that is actually used. Really, it was designed for cooking, uh, like to yeah. be put into soup stocks and to store and, and to be put into. Uh, um, you know, I don't know, salad dressings to cook your pastas in, to cook your seafood in, and also very uh, importantly to store seafood in at the store, at the grocery store level, at the fishmonger level, but also uh, restaurants, you know, uh, or at home to to soak it and to to soak seafood in it because it maintains the uh, life uh, and you know fresh quality of the. Uh, freshness quality and quality of the seafood itself but yeah. uh, but what they do is they in the case of the beer they take the liquid seawater mm -hmm. purified you know of its uh, of all like the boron and other nasty chemicals that you wouldn't want but they <laughs> leave intact all of the minerals and various uh, the salts and various minerals and you know uh, good aspects of it and um, they use when they brew five percent or so of the entire water uh, amount of water that is used mm -hmm. to brew the beer only five percent of the of it is the seawater and you know a little bit of salt goes a long way sure uh, like it does in cooking and what happens is that it ends up being um a uh, little bit of salt goes a long way, and, and so it cooks. What happens is that it actually cooks into the malts, the, the salt, the seawater oh, wow. does, and it cooks into the hops, and the yeast uh, from the beer gets to eat of all the salts and minerals. And so you instead of, you don't get a salty beer. You get a very yeah. uh, interesting, complex, savory uh, beer that tastes of notes of, like, soda bread and chickpeas and caramel. It's a little herbaceous, kind of like a chamomile tea or alfalfa sprouts. Um, and like I said, it's very savory and kind of, uh, or there's a term, umame, you know, meaning savory, right. uh, richness, and it's crisp, it's dry, it's, um, it's really, it's a phenomenal beer for a beer geek, you know, because you can really delve into it, but it's also really accessible. Like, you can really, uh, anybody can drink you know, four or five of these things mm -hmm. and a stressed out palate. Um, uh, I mean, you might be a little drunk, but you won't stress <laughs> out your palate um, just because you drank a bunch of this. Uh, it's a really easy drinking beer at the same time. But it is, as I said, it's a gastro ale, uh, meaning mm -hmm. food pairing beer. We call it a gastro ale. Uh, and really pair it with seafood, pair it with light cuisine, like like poultry or, um, or salads or what have you. And uh, but especially with seafood and yeah. bites, like and like dried meats and cheeses as well. But um, just a phenomenal beer, uh, really cool. We love it. Um, really, really excellent. Yeah, so, I, I could see soaking this in some scallops or reading um, uh, alongside. Either way, yeah, you know, exactly. You could use it to cook with. It would be an expensive marinade for sure. Well, <laughs> some some others are too. So you know, it's you know to each his own. But. When you want to venture out and cook with beer, that's, uh, you know, people kind of tend to stick to pilsners and maybe a stout or a porter, but, you know, the, here's something you can go and try with a, a Mediterranean dish that be more authentic than anything else you've done, so. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, that's very, yeah, like you said, it's uh, very drinkable at a 4.8% alcohol. Oh, actually, oh, that's, uh, it's actually 5.6, I think one of the... Oh. the I know it, it might say it on the label, but yes. it is 
It's uh oh, it should say 5.6. There's supposed to be a sticker on it, but that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> 4.6 is the alcohol by weight, and that was a mistake. Ah. It's 0.6 alcohol by volume. Gotcha. So, um, it's a little yeah. higher up there. It'll, it's a little more substantial, but uh, it is it is fantastic. It's a really mm -hmm. it's a great it's a great beer. Not to toot our own horn or anything. So. <laughs> no, no, it, it is. It's um, definitely a, um, something easy to drink. It's um, uh, yeah, nice medium body, you know. I yeah, for, for looking so light, it, it, it mm -hmm. is a little more substantial than you might think. But uh, and, and on the, a okay. note on the name, you know, it's it, it's Urbocarone. For those who speak Spanish, you might think that it means uh, it means anchovy. There is no seafood or anything. Uh, there is seawater, <laughs> but no seafood of any yeah. sort in the beer. But it means an anchovy, and it's a play on words. Uh, Urbocarone is uh, because it's not El Bocaron, but rather Urbocarone. But I believe it's a play on words in the Valenciano dialect. So I see. For, if there was anybody that was wondering about that, so. Don't you? Um, so let me get into a little bit more about you know you guys being in Oklahoma. Um, you know, do you do you are, have you kind of faced any challenges, um, kind of getting this product into certain places or, or restaurants or anything like that? Do you do you think uh, are you, are you going to try and expand some more here? What what? What success have you seen, and you know what are you trying to do with this brand in this area? So, you know, uh, honestly, there's only so much. You know, there's only so many places that you can go to and target specifically with beer from Spain, or you know, <laughs> beer brewed with seawater or whatever. Like you can, yeah, you can target every restaurant and bar that every craft beer bar every restaurant that you really want to you know these beers are going to pair really well with a really wide variety of cuisine mm -hmm. but they are spanish beers and that and there are only so many spanish restaurants or they mm -hmm. are israeli beers and they are they're only if there are any kosher <laughs> restaurants serving alcohol i'm right. surprised you yeah, know right. <laughs> at least uh but so, you know, there's only so much that we can do to target specific places. Um, it's really more about our distributor knowing what what restaurants and what bars and what stores are interested mm -hmm. in, you know, in, in, in craft beer, are interested in craft beer in general. Mm -hmm. And Premium Brands does a great job for us. And frankly, like we mentioned at the very beginning, like you started off by saying, you know, Oklahoma is a non-saturated market. You have an inth, uh, a, a, you have a very small fraction of the amount, the variety of potential craft beer that you could, ha you could have, you could see, I should say, in a market like Washington, D.C., or, I mean, you know, Seattle, uh, for another Washington, or Portland, or uh, even, you know, just south of the border in Dallas or Houston, mm -hmm. where, um, or in Chicago, whatever, you know, like, yeah. wherever you go, um, you know, there, there's, those bigger markets are going to have a wider variety because there's more exposure, there's more people, whatever it is. Um, in Oklahoma, the market isn't, isn't saturated. And like you said, that you do deal with some archaic beer laws, but frankly, your archaic beer laws are hardly any worse than Texas's archaic beer laws. And so it's more about yeah. just, it's not a market that's been oversaturated. And thus, people in Oklahoma have been really, 
willing and interested in trying uh, our our beers, and we've actually had a really awesome amount of uh, of pull through uh, and success per se. Yeah, success mm-hmm. out in Oklahoma, and we've really, you know, it's a it's kind of a, I don't know. <laughs> an untapped market, as it were. Uh, it's, it's just really not an oversaturated market, which allows right. for beers right. like ours to pique the interest and get picked up by uh, a, a wider berth of people within, with it relative to the size of the community, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in Oklahoma, you know, our Oklahoma distributor, relatively speaking, you know, relative to their size and, and market share, and not market share, but you know size of the population and interest in craft beer has been one of our best buyers nationwide. So, um, we've, we love, we love being out there. It's, it's a great thing for us. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can, um, in some other States, you know, send out a rep and uh, go to a liquor store and, you know, have people try some of these products. It's, you know, it's, it, there's gotta be, you know, you gotta really do have due diligence and yeah, like you said, have a good distributor like premium to, you know, know the market well enough and, and help you guys out. Um, so uh, in light of that, what was your knowledge of the Oklahoma beer market besides Prairie? Um, what, uh, can you rephrase the, you mean? All right. Well, did you know much about, uh, uh, craft in Oklahoma or, or, you know, obviously Prairie's got, um, quite a presence, but was there much, you know, some people like, oh, I didn't know there was a lot of craft beer in, you know, (laughs) Oklahoma, you know, there, you know, there's a small, like, you know, unsaturation of, you know, like you mentioned, but I was just kind of curious what your knowledge of, of Oklahoma craft beer was. Sure. Um. You know, Prairie is, uh, and I I mean, you can, if you knew my friends, you could actually ask them, but Prairie is Mm -hmm. my favorite brewery in the U.S. Uh, Mm -hmm. I put them before all others at the moment, uh, just because they constantly produce my, you know, just these awesome sours, and they're always rotating what they, what they're putting out there, and uh, I just, I, and they do an, a superb job. Uh, I, I, I love, uh, I have you know, a fridge full, uh, or a closet full, I should say, <laughs> of, uh, you know, of prairie beers that I'm, that I'm just keeping for a little while. And, you know, and I, I pick up everything from them that I can. So I knew about them, you know, you guys have what, um, uh, Marshall and mm-hmm. let's see. Yeah. I know Marshall Roughtail maybe or something yep. like that. Uh, yeah, we know them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's some something I've had that has like a hurricane on the front. I oh F five. I'm not not a hurricane. What am I talking about? A, well, an, an, a, tornado. Tor- an, a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> front of it, um, and uh, what else do we? Who else can I think of? Hanson Brothers. Hanson Brothers is Oklahoma. Is that there? Yeah, they're uh, they were brewed with uh, Mustang, and Mustang's been around for quite some time. Um, okay. So there's now yeah, and Mustang, of course, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, um. Yeah, so uh, so the point is that Prairie right. was easily is the most prominent, and maybe right. I don't know if they were first. I think Marshall was probably first for me, um, yeah. but you know I certainly have you know th- there's definitely a, a presence of you know like I when I think of Oklahoma I definitely can obviously think of a handful of breweries, but um, you know I don't I don't know that I would say that any of those others are are doing the the type of beers that put you on the map like mm-hmm. uh, and really make you stand out 
beyond your reach. Um, you know, they all of the every brewery that I mentioned makes a solid beer. You know, they all they right. all make a really good beer, but um, they're making good beer for their region, and they're going to get more play off of the beer that, uh, of, because they're local. But exactly. if you took any one of those beers, I'd say to I don't know, Dallas or wherever, pick a market, um, that you're going to find that there are breweries in those in those areas that are doing equally as good and, you know, just they're local. They, you know, they are their local version of um, Marshall. They're their local version of uh, F5 or what have you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, uh, that, uh, and I guess, you know, Prairie is the one in my mind at this time. Of course, I haven't tried everything that's out there. Um, yeah. That, but they they truly stand out, and I believe are one of the best breweries in the nation. And they're coming out of little old Oklahoma, man. This yeah. totally unassuming, <laughs> you know, it's complete. Uh, you would not expect it. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Well, and again, you know, like you would probably know, uh, distribution helps. So being partnering with uh, Shelton Brothers, I think, oh, you know, yeah. it certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. Yeah. yeah. It's a. It's definitely a. Um, definitely you know uh, being with the Sheldon Brothers is a huge thing it's you know them and Be United and what have you they're all you know they're all up there in there you get into their homes and you're going to get some great play so you know I think where Oklahoma shines is like the fact that they have a little um, you know you have uh, I think that you have some really cool niche bars and like this i won't say hipster necessarily but certainly like this young small you know concentrated scene of craft beer uh and craft cocktail aficionados and you know it makes it very it's a little bit romantic and it's really Mm -hmm. it's really a pleasure to go down there um you know and uh i've all i've enjoyed my market trips there is what i'm trying to say gotcha yeah yeah, um, yeah. And hopefully, um, get to see you sometime soon. You mentioned maybe coming around September, October. We can hopefully get together uh, one of those places and and have a beer. I'll I'll get a, you off the hot seat, you know. Uh, and <laughs> oh, sure, man. No, I'm actually really enjoying our our talk. You know, like yeah. I was uh, I was trying to remember some of the. I remember there's a place uh, a joint called the Valkyrie out yep. there in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. That place is awesome. And if you want, I know that they made. Sidecraft beer, they made a great um, uh, one. They had a what, like a great, they made great old fashions, great whiskey mm-hmm, based, mm-hmm. you know, American style cocktails. The Definitely. Vault, you ever been to the Vault? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Vault, that's another joint out there that I that I think was pretty awesome. They and do, yeah, they do a lot of good uh, craft cocktails as well. It's um, and and you know a lot of those places don't get as much uh, recognition. Um, and there's also a place called Hodges Bend that's been up and coming. Um, I didn't get a chance to go there. I've heard that that okay. place is awesome. I, I, what I mean, yeah. I didn't get a chance to order like a drink or anything there. I think mm-hmm. I don't remember stopping in or whatever. I know there was um, Doc's Wine and Food, and sure. Um, I don't know what else. I can't think of anything else. That's but good. obviously, like I, I think you know that downtown area is like I'm saying. Like there's this. It's small. Right. And, but it's quality. Every single place that you go ends up is is really good. And so while you could go to, I don't know, I mean, not to, New York is a, is not a good example. Like you could go to, um, 
I don't know, pick another big city. Like Houston's a good example where like they have there's a lot of these places that are popping up in Houston uh, all over and you get uh, and but they're not necessarily all awesome, you know, like right. you you know, but Tulsa is just small enough where, you know, the things that are popping up are, you know, and they happen to be pretty awesome. And so it's a uh, you know, it's a it's a nice culture that's developing. So even very true. Yeah, well, I want to uh, thank you very much for uh, joining me tonight. I'll uh, let yeah. you get back to the home repairs and whatnot. Uh. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm heading to Home Depot here pretty soon after this. So. Nice. Well, I'm glad I could take some little, little time out of your day to help you no talk about beer some more. I'm sure you're always having fun talking about beer. Yeah, and, this is my life. Yeah. I so. all the time about it. But, you know, try our stuff. Uh, to those of you who are listening, get out and uh, try La Socorada and her Bocaron there and uh, and try Malka and Alexander. Try that cider of Governor Door. Um, I should say, you know, there's this one guy that I always like to plug that we work with, and his name is Daniel Fernandez, and he runs a brewery. A, he's a home brewer for okay. the past 20 plus years in Southern California mm. called Bean Curd Turtle Brewing. No kidding. <laughs> we're link, well, I link him on my website and everything, but Bean Curd Turtle Brewing. Uh, we actually flew him out to Spain yeah. to work with our breweries, and he has brewed three beers with uh, with um, with three different breweries that we work with. Holy cow. Uh, one of them is called Valencia Saison. It's a Saison from the same brewery that does La Socorada and Bocaron. Mm. They should absolutely try it's an amazing saison brewed with Valencian orange peels, rose hips, and orange blossom honey. Oh man! Go get that thing. It is fantastic. It's in uh, it's in single bottles, just like Rebocarona and uh, and La Socorada. And he does uh, he did a brewer, a beer with Mateo Bernabe, which is somebody we didn't even talk about. Mateo Bernabe is from Rioja, Spain, and they do a phenomenal phenomenal job with their own stuff. And Daniel has a beer with them, aptly named Daniel, and. Uh, <laughs> And he also did a uh, a coffee porter with Spiga, which is another brewery that we didn't talk about from Spain. Okay. Uh, but it's a, an amazing coffee porter. Anyhow, go yeah, to our cool. website and check all that stuff out. But check out Daniel Fernandez, Bean Curd Turtle Brewing. He deserves a plug, too. For sure. Uh, but, but, yeah, like I said, um, sublimeimports.com. Check that out. So Awesome. Yeah, thanks for the time, man. Thanks for having me. It's really nice to talk to you. And, you uh, too, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll uh, get together in the future, in the fall. We've got a lot of good festivals coming up, and uh, hopefully you can come around one of those weekends. If not, we'll, we'll catch a beer at one of the local craft bars. <laughs>